2: You know who holds the typical family together and makes it run smoothly? You might be thinking it's mom. It's definitely not dad, at least not in our family. You could probably even make a case for the baby being the boss. But in truth, it's none of those. The MVP of the modern family is the family calendar. And today we're talking all about creating and organizing a calendar for your family. I'm your host, John O'Reill, and this is Parent Savers. Welcome, everybody, to Parent Savers, your online, on-the-go support group for parents with infants and toddlers and preschoolers and kids that are either getting ready for elementary school or maybe have some elementary school kids. or If you've got young kids, you're in the right place. This is Parent Savers. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks so much to all of you for listening, who join us every time a new episode is released, and especially for those of you who continue these conversations with us on Facebook and Twitter and let us know what you're thinking or you give us some feedback on some of our uh, cool segments. Make sure to check out the Parent Savers app so you can listen to all of our episodes wherever you go that's a great way to get it. You can also get it if you prefer to get your podcasts different ways. We're on a ton of other platforms. But speaking of all these different segments, we're going to have some fun ones later today. Here is the famous Sunny, the head mommy at New Mommy Media with even more details on how you can get involved. And it's easier than ever now.
1: It is easier than ever. I like that you said famous. Am I internet famous? I hope my like 15 (laughs) megabytes of fame, you know, aren't up yet. Um, Yeah, so you guys can join us from wherever you're at in the country, in the world. If you can access. A link that we send you, so if you have access to that, which means you basically need to to have a desktop computer or laptop computer. You need to have a good internet connection, which is usually about two megabytes um, upload speed or more. And Google Chrome browser. If you guys have those, you can actually join our show now and record right along with us. We love hearing from parents all over the place. You guys have some amazing perspectives. It's it's a nice way to just kind of revitalize the show a little bit and get some new people talking. And and your opinions and stuff are always awesome. So that's That's great. If you want to participate, go to our website at newmommymedia.com and you can click on some of the banners we have there that say, hey, you want to be a parent on our show? Just click on that and it'll give you some more information about how you can join us. And as Jonner mentioned, so we have these segments that we have in our shows and it's a great way, if you guys are like, I don't know if I'm ready to do a whole episode yet, but I really do want to be part of your show, we have these great segments. And again, everything's listed on our website, but a couple I just wanted to highlight today. So when you have parenting questions, that you would like some of our experts to answer. And there's a whole list of all the, well, first of all, all the experts that have ever been on our show, it's listed on our website. But we have a team of about 20 to 30 or so, it always kind of varies, of experts that are willing and interested in answering any questions that come in. And so they're from a wide variety of fields. So whatever parenting questions you have, send it to us. We'll try to get it answered. And the cool thing is, is that we take your question, we take the answer, and we put it on a future episode so other parents can. Listen and benefit from it as well. So that's a great way to reach out to our experts. Also, as John mentioned, we're always looking for story ideas. You know, we've done, what is it now? This is episode 140. So we've done 140 episodes for Parent Savers alone. New Mommy Media has probably over. 550 episodes total? It's crazy. So we've covered a lot of different topics. There's always new topics out there that we need to be exploring, but we would love to know what our audience has to say and what topics are of interest to you because that's the kind of information we want to be giving you guys. So please reach out to us. You can do that through our website or even through Facebook. Send us a message, post on our wall. Uh, Parent Savers has their own page and and check us out that way. And we would love to get these ideas and vet them and, and see if it's something that we can explore for you.
2: All right. And so just so everyone sort of has an idea of who's talking and like who's doing what, let's all, as part of the conversation, introduce ourselves. We can talk about how many kids we have. Sunny, why don't you start us off?
1: All right. So I have four kids. My oldest is a boy. He's five. And then I have a a four-year-old boy. And then I have (laughs) twin girls. I know. I know. There's, There's so many. And then I have twin girls who are two and a half. So we had them just kind of boom, 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 boom. And they're still young enough so that the calendar is becoming more and more important because this year my five year old started kindergarten and that opened up a whole other dimension cool. of, you know, him needing to be, you know, places at certain times and stuff like that. But we're just at the cusp of this. And already I feel like my world is unraveling and I can share more of that yes. as we go along in the <laughs> totally. episode because you're right, John. It is all about the family calendar. So I got to figure this out somehow.
2: Yeah, it really is. And so this is Joner, And so we have three boys a nine year old, a seven year old, and a four. And he likes to say he's four and seven eighths. I don't think I really know the exact. He's coming up on five years old. Uh, and so between the three of them, um, the family calendar is a huge part of us with uh, sports. And we'll kind of dive into that a little bit later. But we are joined also by David and Amy Mitchell, the hosts of the Organized Family podcast. So please introduce yourselves.
0: So we are Dave and Amy Mitchell out of Utah, and we have five children. Between the ages of 18 and 10, two boys and three girls. So that means we have three teenagers right now. And like they're saying, even when you're little, they're busy in activities and stuff. But boy, as they get older, it just gets busier and busier. So it's nice to figure out your family calendar while the kids are little. So as it just gets crazier, you've got that under control. And and it's a great resource to keeping everybody organized and on the same page.
3: So I'm David Mitchell, and I do some of the technical stuff behind the scenes on the Organized Family podcast. He does all the
0: technical stuff.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you can find that at uh, organizedfamily.co. That's
1: great. I love that we're bringing on more podcasters on the show. I I I love this. This is great. And it's great to have you guys on on today's episode. I'm excited to 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 talk to you guys.
2: Before we jump into the conversation, we're going to look at a new app that we think is worth checking out for you guys with young kids. Uh, you know, Smartphones are a big part, and I know many of you maybe make the choice not to use your kids on smartphones, but a lot of you are actually probably listening to this podcast on a smartphone right now, and I bet your kids maybe have gotten a hold of it. And you're, we're always on the lookout for good apps that we think are constructive, and they're actually kind of worth their kids' time as opposed to some of the mindless stuff that we don't want to see them play. Uh, so today we're looking at an app. It's called Toontastic Junior Pirates. It's from Launchpad Toys. And it's a free app. And this is some of the, these are some of my favorites. When we can find free apps that we think are really useful and beneficial and really can appeal to the kids. Um this is one of those. It's called Toontastic Junior Pirates. And so the idea of this one, uh, it's from Launchpad Toys. You can search for that on the App Store, we'll have a link to it. Uh is there's sort of three different story frames. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end, um, with these little sort of animated cartoons with pirates. And Kids can drag the characters around and record their voices uh, to sort of animate the scene, then add some music to it, and you end up putting together a little bit like a minute and a half long video that sort of has a beginning, middle, and end that's all just voiced and created by your kids. Um, and it's something that if you're working with a young kid, you could help them with the titles and stuff if they weren't able to type. If you have like a five-year-old or a six-year-old who's just starting to learn how to type or wants to name them simple things, the key part really isn't what it's named. The key part is really the content. And so... Like we, I just recorded one a little bit earlier, and so you can kind of get a sense of like what it is. And so this is like a little pirate scene. Can you guys hear this a little bit? Let's see. I called this one "Pirates Are Weird," and uh, let's see if you can. So it has like a little bit of music, and the ships come up, but then you can record your own sounds. And so, ghost pirate appeared. And so while that was happening, I was moving around. The characters were on the screen. And so that was wonderful <laughs> voice acting by me. But it sort of gets you guys an idea, and I think you could check that out, and we can maybe uh, edit down part of that introduction. <laughs> 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 okay, Cut wait. So so,
1: so, okay, so I have some questions. So yeah. it doesn't have any voices. You have to add all of the voices yourself or you and your kid, or you've got to record it somehow, right?
2: Correct. You have to record it. So it uses the mic, and so it gives you a countdown in big three Two, one, and then you record your voices. And as you record, you can drag characters across the little cartoony screen to maybe get closer to the treasure chest or to slip on a banana peel. There was a monkey in the one that I did, and I had the monkey walk the plank making monkey sounds. Um, and the kids love doing it too. Uh, and so you can just really have a lot of creativity, and it's your sounds, and then you get to pick the music too. Oh,
1: well, that's kind of cool. And then what can you do with it afterwards? Is something like if I wanted to share it on Facebook or something like that? Yeah, can you can you do save the
2: video afterwards and you yeah. have it and it's on your phone as a video that you can share. And it's, it's kind of cool. It'll roll the credits of all the people that did the animation, which is really cool. But then also it's a film and it's by whoever you want to say it was by and you can call it whenever you want to. Totally shareable.
1: I love the fact that it's free. We talk about this on the show. I mean, because you never know what your kids are going to like. We may think this is an amazing app that would be so much fun, but think about—we're using our adult brains to think that way, and who knows what kids are going to like. I think my boys would really like this. They love to dress up like pirates and do this kind of stuff in real life, and they're all about storytelling right now. And they're kind of, you know, really getting into, you know, like ghost stories. I don't know—they're really into ghost stories right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So this might be something that you know I can download, I can try with them, but. because it's free, I don't feel like it. There's like this huge obligation, and I know like two three bucks is not like a huge obligation, but it is for something my kids are gonna be like, yeah, thanks, mom, whatever, yeah. you know. And so, um, I I I think it's a a cool idea. I think I'll, I should probably check it out. And see. Yeah, I think
2: it's totally worth checking out, and I think yeah. it would even appeal to older kids as well. So if you have kids a broad range of ages, it's uh it's something that I think a lot would uh, enjoy.
3: Huh. No, I was just thinking – you said that and then I thought, you know what? My kids, maybe they would do like school projects using this.
2: Yeah, and this platform does have other – this one in particular one I think is Pirates, which I think is appealing to slightly younger. But they do have other just Toontastic – and this is Toontastic Junior. There's also Toontastic where – there are. So I think some of those might be paid, but this particular one is a free one, really great way to jump in. And if your kids do get into it, then you know, hey, maybe we can check out one of the other ones. Yeah.
1: So. I saw a review on this, and who knows if this is accurate. So the poster said, "I'm an 11 year old girl," who, which you know, who knows if that's <laughs> <Right>. true. Um, <laughs> they posted, and they said, "I would much rather play regular Toontastic. The game is mainly only fun for really little kids, but it's not bad in my opinion." So sounds like this mm. regular Toontastic might be kind of the the, the older, yeah, yeah, yeah. This junior thing is is I think for little kids, like Johnner said, and the whole pirate thing kind of appeals to mm-hmm. younger kids
0: too. Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway, I think it's definitely worth checking out, uh, something that you can see for yourself if your kids would enjoy it. And maybe you'll like it, too, and get to make some cool, yar, pirate voices or (laughs) be
0: a (laughs) monkey-boo.
1: That was really good. I'm impressed. Thanks. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of Baby's first moments. And
0: it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made
1: to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.
2: Today on Parent Savers, we're talking about creating and organizing your family calendar with David and Amy Mitchell, the hosts of the Organized Family Podcast. Welcome.
0: Thank you.
3: Thank you.
2: So we are talking about the family calendar. And so I know you guys have um, older kids, range of 10 to 18, but what do you guys use right now? How do you guys stay up to date and on track? What kind of calendar do you use?
3: So the two of us, we use uh, Google calendars. Uh, So I'm a little bit of a techie kind of guy. I'm in the software industry as a profession. And so we got onto Google and have our own domain through the Google app stuff. And so all of our kids have their own personal emails through that family. Mm -hmm. Um, domain. And then we have a shared calendar that all of us used. And then we also have our own personal calendars as well.
2: How does that work? Is that like an app that you open or is it like a bookmark site or is it like sync straight to your phone?
3: So it's Google Cal and it's uh, just like iCal or any kind of other web-based calendar, but you can also have it synchronized to your phone as well.
2: Nice. And so when did you guys really start using a family calendar? When did you guys see that a family calendar was something that You really needed to integrate it and be able to share it with a lot of different people, not just you two, but the kids.
3: So uh, when we were first married, we even found that we needed to have a a calendar that we would use. But when we first got married, Google Calendar didn't exist. Right. So we just had – I had a a Franklin Day planner. And uh, Amy, I'm trying to remember what you used.
0: I've always just used the paper kind of a wall calendar. Once the kids started getting older and uh, maybe they had their own electronics or their own phones, then we started going to the electronic version where everybody could input activities into the calendar from different places. You know, if they're out at school and they're, they've are they got a recital at the on the weekend or whatever, they could be entering that in. Or if Dave was at work and there's a company party that could be entered in. It just became very convenient as everybody was getting older to go to an electronic version that we could all input from out at different places
2: i think for us it's as and as sunny was saying um kind of in the intro like once your kids get into elementary school a lot of more activities kind of start Mm -hmm. It might be doing some organized sports there might be some sort of cub scouts or girl scouts Mm -hmm. or adventure guides Uh, just more activities are sort of adding to the calendar and i think that You know, for you get married and then you kind of bring your calendar together with your spouse or partner. uh, And then when you start having kids, their stuff starts getting on there. But an interesting thing, I think, after a little bit of the kids starting to run around, and I'd say by the time that our kids were like maybe like six years old, maybe even five, they just wanted to know, even if they didn't have a family calendar, like – all right, what are we doing this weekend? Like I need what's going on today, what's going on Sunday? The kids sort of want to know what to expect and the family calendar became a really great resource to be able to something to go through with them just so they would know before they could even be active participants in it.
0: I and agree true. with that. And our family our kids are the same way and so we still have a wall calendar in our dining area. So as we're sitting around the table and they're asking and trying to get a feel for what's coming up that day or later on the week, when they're little, they can relate to a hard copy calendar where all the days of the week are laid out. And so we still have that in our dang room yeah. as we're talking that they like can the refer to. Like kids need to
2: kind of see it for mm-hmm. yes. to be real.
0: Right. So I think there's still a place for those wall calendars sometimes for them to just get a grasp of the week at a glance or the month at a glance.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that there can be uh, the concern, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, is a little bit of uh, how do you juggle an electronic versus a hard copy calendar and keep it up to date and not have... Version confusion, if you will.
3: <laughs> in other words, having it get stale or old or something like that?
2: Yeah, or have one, something be on one spot and not be on the other.
3: Yeah. I think more than anything, what we do now is most of the activities and the events are in the shared calendars. And the the wall calendar has major events, things that probably won't change that much. For example, uh, if we have a family reunion and it's planned, that's really not going to change that much. Right. But the things that may change might be... Soccer practice or... Soccer practices or dates that the kids have. Yeah.
2: So uh, what kind of made you decide to use the Google Calendar versus any other calendar programs? Was it convenient? You said you're pretty techy. Did you do some research?
3: It was the first one that uh, we had that was out electronically back in the yeah. day. Yeah. And, you know, when you're on a platform, it's really hard to move off of one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. That's definitely true. What, what are you, so what are some things you really like about the Google Calendar?
3: So one of the things I really like about it is our ability to share the calendar. And manage the sharing is really easy. I can add, uh, like for example, I was looking at the calendar recently and saw that two of the children weren't even on it. And mostly because they don't have electronic devices yet. But it was really easy to just say, oh, okay, let's add them to it and give them the rights that they need in order to create events as well as uh, just see the events. And then Amy and I can manage the whole calendar and the sharing between the two of them. So that ability to just manage that uh, between the two of us is is one of the things that really appealed to us.
2: Have they ever gone rogue and started creating like fake calendar events? Or... <laughs> not
1: yet. No.
3: <laughs> Thankfully, they're a little bit more responsible than that.
1: And hopefully they're not listening to this podcast to get <laughs> that right. idea, John. Just gave them
2: a good idea. Uh,
0: <laughs> but you sorry, easily... I've
2: got my snow cone tasting contest this uh, <laughs> week. <laughs>
0: You could add grandparents to your calendar, too, with some of these apps. You know, they could just see what the grandkids are doing or what you have on your schedule, Mm. too, with that sharing option.
2: Yeah, I will say, I think, in our case, just the thought of our family calendar makes the grandparents' heads spin.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I need to ask a question about Google calendars, though, because I want to embrace Google calendars. My problem is I'm a Mac person, and iCal. Like, I use iCal for everything, right? Mm. Um, I even use the reminders in iCal, so I'm Uh-oh. so set up as a Mac person. Um, my husband is not a Mac person, in fact, he, can't, he has an iPad, but he can't even access a lot of stuff at work, it's really hard, but he, he can look at Google Cal. So what I have tried to do multiple times is, uh, I guess, whatever link that iCal creates for me for a specific calendar, there is a way to put it in Google Calendars. But I'm, I'm telling you what, whenever there's an upgrade or something to One system It just goes crazy And I End up we we don't even know we don't even know that the calendars aren't syncing. We just start getting mad at each other I'm just like, why did you schedule something uh. this day? There is something in the calendar, like you know, because we uh. like have to live and die by this thing, right? And so I just find that you know things don't necessarily sync. And I'm not saying it's a Google Cal issue. I'm just saying maybe Apple isn't quite on board with you know sharing calendars and stuff. But I want to be on board so much, but I'm a mag person, and it's just. Do you have any advice? Because I can't be the only parent out there that is struggling with this.
3: <laughs> no, I could totally understand that. In fact, a couple of years ago, I basically said, you know what? I'm done supporting all the PCs in the house, and we're all going to be using Macs. And so we still use Macs here at our home. Yeah. I've got an iPad. I use an iPhone. And uh, I think part of it is that I i don't know what to say, except that ours synchronize pretty well. Uh, there have been a couple of times. Where I haven't seen a particular event show up, but usually it's just a synchronization and a timing thing more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've, when you go into the settings on your, on your Mac, you can actually say what particular account you want it to link to. And Google is one of the options of one of the Internet accounts that you can add.
1: Right. Well, and another question, so another follow-up for the Google Cal stuff is, how do you easily access your Google Calendar? I I can't imagine, I mean, maybe bookmarking a link or something. I always find it difficult to actually get into Google and access those types of things, whereas, again, I'm on my computer and iCal's right there.
3: Mm, Right. So I usually access mine through my phone, and I look at it just through the Calendar app on the iPhone. I don't use anything else. And so adding an event is easy. I can say, add the event, choose what calendar it goes to, and it goes directly into that calendar. And I can take a look. I can hide with calendars. For example, sometimes I'm at work and I don't necessarily need to know that my daughter has uh, a music lesson at this particular time. So I'll hide the family calendar while I'm at work just so that I don't have to worry about, you know, information overload.
0: All the notifications popping up.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Notifications, too. That's true.
2: Yeah, you're in the middle of maybe some other meeting and it's the snow cone contest comes up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Sorry about that, folks. But it's interesting because I feel like with technology, the lines are blurred. There used to be such a, for me at least, a divide between, well, that's something I need to do on my desktop computer. Oh, that's something that I'm comfortable doing on my phone. But now, and it sounds like you've sort of... Hey, you could do the calendar from either place, but you know, a lot of things that you thought you had to do on your desktop, you can actually just do on your phone, Sonny. You can just use your phone as the place for calendaring.
1: Yeah. So the app that you're using on the phone—did you say that's? Oh, it's just a calendar. It's um, just a
3: calendar standard application that comes with the iPhone.
1: I didn't realize that that yeah. could accept um, and do the you know, have the functionality that you were talking about. I figured that was just for iCal stuff. Since I was using it on an iPhone, honestly.
3: Yeah. No, it's uh, it's great. We have, uh, my email also goes through Google, you know, Gmail. And so right. anything I send through there, calendars are syn- synchronized. I don't use the, um, the reminder stuff that comes with the phone default. I use something else, but okay. yeah, everything just syncs.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. It,
2: good it, everything syncs to a crazy degree. Now I think that I got an email about an event that I was doing at a location. I never even put it in my calendar And I got a notification from the calendar that, hey, you better think about leaving soon because you have this thing coming up at this time. (laughs) Like, have you guys seen that stuff? Like, has that happened to you guys where it just sort of knows?
0: Yeah, sometimes there's um, organizations that are saying, hey, can you help with the school for this or help with this and whatever? And it will link it, yes, to your calendar and put in all the details of the time and the location Mm -hmm. and the address. And right, it's crazy how it does sync up with your calendar that way, too.
2: It's amazing. uh, Some people find that stuff super scary. I find it really helpful. (laughs) I would agree (laughs) but uh, no I actually we actually use a totally different calendar program and I want to get into that but I think we should probably take a quick break right now it's a good time to do it and then we can jump into that plus any other maybe calendar recommendations or sort of ideas that we may have so we will be right back Welcome back, everybody. Today on Parent Savers, we're talking about creating and organizing your favorite, your family calendar, your favorite calendar. I guess guess that is a little (laughs) bit. Well, that's what I want to talk about. So I think that's what I was thinking about. So our family uses an app called Cozy, C-O-Z-I. I I think I've talked about it in the past on this show. have. Have you guys heard of Cozy?
0: Yeah, we have.
2: What works really well for us is it's an app. It's a dedicated app. There's a free version and a premium version. We actually just use the free version. And it has a family calendar where it's basically shared across the app. So if I make an addition to it, Christina opens the app, she can also kind of see the calendar. And you can easily – and it's sort of like Google Calendar. You can mark all the people and everyone has a different color and who's got to be at this place and where. What we also like about Cozy, though, specifically, is that it has some other functionality like shared shopping lists or like notes that we can sort of collaborate on all within the app. So in addition to sharing the family calendar, we can share some other – details, too. And so for us, the cozy calendar is the official calendar of record. If something's going to happen, it's got to be on the calendar first. And if someone gets there first, then they get priority, unless it's something that needs to be negotiated. L-
1: like a slushy contest or something, <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly.
2: Well, no. So I, st- we, I have this. My, Christina does a book club, so she has them all on the calendar. And I have a beer club, which is sort of my reaction to book club. <laughs> like, uh, And so but what I've done with all the dads that I've invited uh, is that map that all the dates for the whole year and said, get it on the family calendar now because if you're there first, you can get priority. And so we map out the dates like a year in advance just so we can get on the family calendar.
1: I recently had to post a physical sign. We have two garages that go into our house, single car garages, whatever. And I put a sign. I printed it out on the computer, put a sign on each door that says, have you checked the family calendar recently? Question mark. If it's not on the family calendar, it's not happening. (laughs) Because my husband was forgetting to put like his work schedule and stuff, and that obviously that will directly impact me and our four kids mm-hmm. that i 'm trying to manage, and so i 'm like, we need a daily reminder and again my i'm more the tech person you know as opposed to my husband i'm like I need a physical reminder every time this guy comes in the house that he has to do that I, I should post a picture of it and put it on the episode page for this website so you guys can see it a literal sign
2: there's a ton of different i think um things that we just touched on there. I think we need to dig in a little more. Deeply too. I think the first would be like David and Amy, what about the work and family calendars? For you, is it all combined? You were saying like you turn off notifications, but does your stuff for work automatically f- go on the family calendar or how do you guys juggle that?
3: So one of the biggest challenges, at least for anybody who's got a, got a job outside of the home or something like that, is that you're kind of dependent upon what the company uses for their technology. For example, at work right now, we use Outlook. And so that Outlook calendar is is the work calendar. And I try not to I don't pollute, essentially, mm-hmm. our family calendar and activities with, with anything. Like, you know, yeah. I've got this meeting with this particular group. I don't want to pollute the family calendar with that. So I try and keep the two separate. And Amy just knows that from 7 o'clock in the morning until 5 o'clock at night, I'm basically at work uh, five days a week. And that's really easy for us just because I have a steady time that I go in. If I were to have different times that I go into the work, then I would probably have to put that on my personal calendar. And then she would look at my personal calendar and make sure that that's synchronized with everything else that she was planning around. That's I think how we would probably handle it in our, in our home.
2: It's funny. There's so much reliance on the cloud. Cause Sonny, that's like your complaint and yeah. like you really need the synchronization to happen.
1: Well, and, and like I said, you may not even know that it's not syncing until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And then you're at odds with your spouse over why you're mm-hmm. double booked.
2: So you can okay. just assume it hasn't synced. That's what you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: or, or that you forgot, you know, we were talking about this earlier, how sometimes you can unselect certain calendars. Well, yeah. you unselect it, and then you forget to put it back on. Right. And
2: that's you know? a
0: danger.
1: Yes.
2: Have you guys found any other program? I know that you obviously use Google Calendar. I talked about Cozy. Have you found – are there other calendar programs that you guys have either heard of or have seen people use?
3: So, I mean, on the on iOS, I use – uh, occasionally, Sometimes I'll go and use something called uh, Fantastical, okay. and and that's a great one just to see all kinds of different calendars, and it presents the information in a different way than the default uh, calendar app that comes on iOS, and there's also a version of it for for the Mac as well. And what I like about that one, as opposed to maybe just the regular calendar app, I can see a week at a time, or if I do a certain gesture on the phone, I can see a month at a time. Uh, which is nice to be able to toggle between the two because sometimes I just need to see what's happening this week. And then other times I need to see maybe a bigger picture on, okay, what days are a little bit more free and have a little bit more space in them. And so uh, that's one that I've liked to use.
2: Fantastical, All right. Yeah. I might need to check that one out. Although we're happy with Cozy, but always open to other things. But like you said, once you're sort of committed, it's kind of hard to switch. It is.
1: Okay. So question, let's talk price here because is Cozy free or any of these things free? Because I've Trouble. Cozy's
2: free. The free, the it. version we use is free, but uh, you can get a premium version that helps like remove some of the ads. So with the free version, like it might be sponsored by <laughs> one week or something. Sorry. I, it might be, free. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it might be sponsored by yeah, <laughs>
2: right? uh, and, so, uh, and so everything's a slightly different color. You might see some of the logos, but it's not too intrusive. Um, I'm sure Cozy would love it if we paid for the premium version, but the free one totally has enough functionality for us.
1: And Fantastical, is our price for that?
3: There is, and I don't know exactly what it is, uh, and you have to pay for the different versions of it too. So, for example, you have to pay for the iOS version, and that's a separate price from the uh, Mac version. And they are apps that actually install on your on your computer or on your phone.
1: So, but apps are probably not that expensive if they're apps, right? We're talking like a couple bucks, kind of thing.
3: Ah, uh, sometimes it, apps can get expensive. Like
1: oh, yeah. yeah. I can yeah. even handle five bucks. I, what I don't want is a reoccurring fee every month. Like, I've got enough stuff. Like, I don't want to no, pay right. to get organized. That sounds bad, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I, but <laughs> I mean,
2: if you think back to the days of, like, the Franklin planners and, you know, like David said he was using, yeah. like, you were paying mm-hmm. money every year to have your calendar, your week at a glance.
1: Yeah, but how much do those cost? What, 10 bucks for a year? I'll pay 10 bucks for a year, I well, guess. What, I guess
2: that's what I'm saying. Think about that with your app price point if you're finding yeah. something uh, that you're going to use. And I think a lot of them do have free versions that you can sort of test out on a limited basis. They do. Yeah. See if, uh, yeah. if it's for you.
3: And I think Fantastical has like a 14- or a 30-day trial for the Mac version. Uh, for the iOS version, that'd be a little difficult for them to do. I don't know that they have something like that.
2: I totally just got the pun when you said it that time. I just thought it was called fantastical, but now when you said fantastic cow, I totally Cal. got it. Totally Your got eyes it. have been opened. Yes. One other thing I do want to talk about, uh, there's a few other things, but uh, that we just sort of touched on was dealing with conflicts. You know, mm-hmm. the whole, like I said, on Beer Club, we try to get it in, I try to get it in early, so Christina knows that's my <laughs> date. But, you know, what if something comes up that needs to conflict with that? How do you guys deal with conflicts if there's something you need to calendar, but something's already there?
0: I think we definitely do a lot of talking when we have conflicts. You weigh out, is this a one-time event or will this happen again in a few weeks? Could that be bumped and you go to your thing? I think just a lot of coordinating and weighing uh, the importance of the conflicting activities to decide who right. who can make it, but I think there's.
2: Do you find that that happens naturally, or you need to sort of set a conversation like, "Hey, we need to talk about calendars. Like, grab a beer. This may take a while. I keep talking about <laughs> beer. Why? But <Like, laughs> <'Cause> you're <laughs> talking about the beer
1: club. Yeah, you're like, oh, about. I want beer. to go to my beer club. Here,
2: grab a nice cold iced tea. This might take a while. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, like, is it is it sort of like that, or is it just sort of it happens when you're driving between soccer practices? You
0: know, our family has a regular time each week, and it is usually on Sundays, where we kind of look at the week at a glance, and that's where you're going to see any conflicts that may come up. And so it's nice when the whole family's together, and before you're right in the middle of it, you have a chance to figure out who needs to mm-hmm. be where, and if somebody needs to coordinate rides, because you can't. You take care of all that on Sunday at the beginning of the week, and then as... Each day comes, we all have breakfast together. It's usually 15 minutes before the first person leaves for the day. So it kind of changes depending on school or work schedules. But then that morning, we just remind everybody again. Because like you said earlier, John, our kids just like to know what to expect. So we just mm-hmm. briefly in the morning yep. say, don't forget right after school, you have scouts. Or don't forget tonight, we're all headed over here. Anyway, and you just kind of briefly remind them what to expect for that day. But there's a lot of, a lot of open communication and talking before you're right in the middle
2: yeah, and there's sort of two levels of it, like you were saying. There's the one level of just as parents, physically, how are we going to figure out this puzzle of getting all everyone to the places they need to be and get childcare covered and everything. And then the second level of just letting everyone in the family know what to expect.
3: What's interesting is when your kids start driving, then there isn't just the coordination of the parents figuring out who's going to be where, but it's also, okay, you children are going to be coming back from school, driving back from the train station at this time, and then you've got soccer practice that somebody's going to be taking the car, this car here and somebody's oh, yeah. going to be taking that car there. There's a, a lot more logistics that have to go into play as well.
1: So you have to use that notes function at the bottom of the, <laughs> yeah. the calendar entries to be like coordinating with the Honda, you know, Who's
3: uh-huh. yep.
1: driving the Honda. <laughs> Each
2: car gets a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> you know
1: i want to i want to reiterate what amy said I think it's such a great idea and something my husband and i just recently started to implement was and we picked sunday too so I guess that's just an, mentally a start of the week I agree. Um, but it's also a time where usually our kids are sleeping in because they're they you know they're younger or whatever they don't usually get up until we tell them to get up um, but anyways that we're able to kind of wake up early and start the day and meet and uh, we bring our calendars whatever that kind of looks like it's usually me and my laptop down to the kitchen table and we just kind of chat about what is planned for the week just to make sure and we started this after the whole you know sinking or I guess it lack of sinking between (laughs) the calendars that we just were like listen if technology fails on us this is our fail safe you know we need to talk about it at first it's helpful because sometimes we're entering stuff in the calendar Um, I like to put stuff in the calendar that I'm thinking about like I need to know about but it isn't necessarily something I need to attend like I, I belong to a lot of organizations and stuff and I know that they're meeting that night and if the stars and the moon and everything, you know, sync, I can go to it. (laughs) But I also just need to know that it's happening. So, you know, so I can, you know, respond. And I don't know, like, it's important that I know about it. But if I don't go through that with my husband and say, this is not a mandatory thing I have to do, he'll just look at it and be like, well, you've got all this stuff going on this week. I'm like, yeah, some of it's just I need to know about it versus I need to actually attend. And if we didn't have that meeting for me to go through all of that,
0: um, it could be really confusing. Yeah,
2: Christina sort of has a rule that anything that comes up that's even a possibility, she puts it on the calendar.
0: Yeah. I think one other thing when you're looking at your calendars is before you get caught up in all these little things is you step back and you make sure those things that are most important to your family get on the calendar. Mm -hmm. So say before summer comes or Christmas even. We'll sit down with the kids and say, all right, it's summer. What are the things you want to do before summer comes and goes and we didn't get to it? And they'll say, we want to go camping or we want to go to the water park or whatever. And so you make sure those most important things get onto your calendar. And We do the same at Christmas. At the beginning of December, we sit down with all the kids and say, what are your favorite Christmas traditions? And then we make sure we we set aside a night to make gingerbread houses and we set aside a night to go Christmas caroling or whatever they've chosen that year gets on the calendar because it could get so filled in with all these little things and you look back and say gosh where'd we lose that childhood with our kids we didn't get to do those things that we know they love because we're so busy doing all these other things. So sometimes it's it's also that before a big time mm-hmm. frame you want to make sure you get those important things in with everybody's input before it slips away.
2: Yeah the December calendar gets crazy yeah. and I, what, we, what we what it's helped with us for our kids too is they'll say hey we want to do these things and we're like, hey totally on board with that look at the times that we can actually do it. Like if we do this visit to the Polar Express train, then when we don't necessarily have time to do this. And I hate having conversations like that, but it sort of helps them see it as we don't have an infinite amount of time. Right. We have to make some choices.
0: And it's good for them to weigh it. You know, I actually I do want to do this more than anything, so then you make point for that. But when they realize we can't do everything, they realize some things just have to go and maybe next Christmas or something.
2: Absolutely. I feel like we have talked a lot about technological calendars and everything syncing in the cloud, but you also said you have the wall calendar. I want to talk a little more about hard copies. Can you, like, how big is this wall calendar that you use, and like, where do you get it?
0: We have a couple different ones, but the, just a simple flip one you can get at the dollar store. You can get at Walmart for four dollars. It's nothing too detailed because we use our wall calendars primarily just for that overall look of the days yeah. of the week and the month. So it it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Some of them have pictures at the top of whatever appeals to you, but it's a simple calendar.
2: Just look for stuff with big date boxes that you could write in and use a pencil, right? Right. And have an eraser handy.
1: Yeah. So who's in charge for erasing and and changing it when it changes all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Whoever made the change.
2: It's you, Sonny. It's 100%. (laughs) That's how it would be in
1: my house. This is why I'm like anti-physical calendars.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One more thing to manage, right? Right. (laughs) But it
3: really does help and it helps the kids see it. Yeah, Amy takes care of most of the physical changing of the calendars.
2: The
1: updates. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, we were just over at a friend's house, and they have the wall calendar, and that's their official family calendar. They can have whatever electronic calendars they want, but the calendar of record is that wall calendar. And they end up doing more than just the big events. They kind of get everything on there. Like mm-hmm. If it has to be on there, that's sort of what makes it permanent is getting it on the actual physical hard copy calendar.
3: My mom used to do that, too, and she had color codes for everybody. So I was blue. I had a brother who was green, sister red, and another sister yellow. And she would underline the different activities for who had to be to what activity.
1: Yeah, I've also seen um, the calendars, I and mean, it can be really big like on a wall, usually like in some sort of entryway or something where it's the dry erase yes. board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that. For some reason, the whole eraser thing doesn't, you know, eraser on paper kind of thing. It just kind of feels clumsy to me. But hmm. like dry erase, we can, you know, completely get rid of it. It's pretty easy to do. I know, you know, at least with my kids, they love they love chalkboards. They love dry erase. I haven't done anything like that with them, and I really, you know, they're still a little too young to really involve them in the whole process but that is something that I'm thinking about once I mean with four kids and and especially in that you know small range of time where you know I have a five-year-old and -and two-and-a-half year olds like they're all like crammed in there right I I know that their elementary school years even their high school years is going to get really busy and and I do want to involve them in that so that's one thing that I've considered right now I think they're too young a they don't really need it and b you know, right now they would just probably smear everything off of it because they just like, you know, and then there's all my work down, you know, the uh-huh. tubes. But that's something I've seen that I really like, too. And they, and they color coordinate it, too. Like, you, you know, OK, you're red and you're blue and your events are green. And visually, I like that, too. It seems very organized.
3: I was downstairs in our uh, 18-year-old's room, and she uses that dry erase calendar for her activities that she's got. And she also has one off to the side that has the list of all the things that she's got to do and some of the dates that some of them have to be done, like apply for this scholarship to this particular place and stuff like that. So mm. it's helpful for her.
1: Yeah.
2: I think the key is that it takes discipline and a commitment to it and you really just need to see how important it is because I think a fear of, for me of doing that would be that we'd be stuck on February 2015 for like 15 years. <laughs> because I just would get so tied up in everything else that I wouldn't be updating it.
1: You um, know and technology, you can use technology for that too because that's pretty much what I use. Um, I have, and I guess it syncs to my iCal but I don't really use it in that way and that's like, a, it's, I think it's called the reminder list and I I have just each day I have like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I write down or type out whatever the different things I need to accomplish that day. And it's really easy for me. If it doesn't get done on Monday, I just move it to Tuesday doesn't get done on Tuesday. I move it to Wednesday. So it's not really like it's has to happen on the third or has to happen on the fifth. Like most of my stuff is let's just plan things out a week in advance, use the calendar for other stuff. But if we're breaking down to do lists, that's one idea that has really helped me in the past.
0: I think the key is being organized and finding something that works for your family, whatever it is. If you find electronic is better or you find that hard copy is better, you just find something that works best for your family and you stick to it. And you you talk, you keep that communication open, and you use those calendars. And that's how you're going to stay organized and, and on top of all those activities.
3: And we try and talk about this and other topics on our podcast. I mean, this week we were talking about teaching our families values. and and all the things that go into that. But, I mean, we talk about organizing your car, organizing your home. And when you look at calendaring and all the different activities that you're involved in as a family, what is your real goal? Is not necessarily to get the kids to this particular soccer game or get the kids to that particular activity or make sure that the two of you are coordinating your activities, but rather you want to have a calendar to make sure that you have time scheduled to spend time with your kids teaching them the values that you value the most, and building relationships with your children as well as with your spouse. And a calendar, when properly utilized, can help you do that. And you grow together as a family and as a couple when you plan properly.
2: That sounds like something that could definitely benefit our families. So I think we'll definitely be checking out your uh, podcast for sure. And I think the organization helps. as I think that's something I think that we all, I know, in our family are trying to improve. So. Lots of good tips. And I think the calendar is just but one part of it. But hopefully, this was helpful for everyone talking about it. Thank you, uh, David and Amy, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for everyone for listening to us today. For more information and to check out, uh, we, we can link to their podcast on our website. Um, if you want to learn more about David and Amy, uh, that'll be at newmommymedia.com. But we are going to continue the conversation for members of our Parent Savers Club uh, after we wrap things up. So for more information about how you could be a part of that, you can visit the member portion of our website.
1: All right, so before we wrap up our show, we have a segment called Parenting Oops, and this is is kind of a, a segment that highlights our parenting fails, and we've all had them, right? So let's commiserate together. And this comment comes from Laura, and so Laura says... We were eating at one of our favorite restaurants with my elderly aunt, who has the habit of taking extra sweetener packs, individual jellies, and such things home with her. When the waitress came to ask if we needed anything, four year old Savannah said, Can I please have some more strawberry jelly? Aunt Patrice or Aunt Patrice puts it all in her purse. <laughs> 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 you gotta love kids and their honesty. So, if in my house, this would probably be like my kids love um, so this isn't me stealing it but it's still my kids stealing it those the creamers that sit out on the tables we don't go to restaurants a lot but you know that little bowl that they have of like the liquid creamers and even nowadays you know they have all these amazing like flavors like when I was a kid no no crazy flavors it was like you know half and half but now they have all these flavors and if I like leave to go to the bathroom or, or if I'm not just watching like my kids like a hawk they will take them all they will stuff them in their pants or wear they stuff them or they i will come back and they'll just be like this milk mustache of like some chocolate flavored creamer or something all over their face so anyone anyone else's kids ever done this even if they were you know perhaps younger i mean hopefully your teenagers guys aren't, aren't still doing this stuff <laughs> any experience with this or is it just my
2: kids <laughs> i think the sweetener hits pretty close to home for me that's something that i can see my parents doing my mom especially grabbing <laughs> stocking up on sweet and low
3: <laughs> all these condiments years. i'm thinking con- condiments but i think there was a guy at work who used to take chopsticks any any place he would go he would just collect chopsticks from any restaurant
1: <laughs> well that makes sense because you're not going to reuse well were they nice you don't reuse anybody's chopsticks right isn't that like a personal use item kind of like a toothbrush you wouldn't use it again right i mean it's one of those i mean you would use it for yourself again but what i'm saying is the restaurant wouldn't use it again would they well,
2: It's just like a fork no,
1: we, I thought they were all kind of disposable. Or the, is that only the classy joints I go
3: to? <laughs> <laughs> no, he would, it was it was the the wooden chopsticks that he would just take, and it was just.
2: And so he's got a drawer at home. He's probably got some drawer full of wooden chopsticks. I
3: think he does.
1: That's awesome. <laughs>
3: Yeah, But uh, but I
2: also love the part where the kids are being honest and calling them out. Mm. It's true. It yeah. shows you know kind of what's going on.
1: I know. Crazy. All right. well She should, if should you, ask
2: if you, if you- Aunt Patrice for a jelly, though. I
1: know, right? I wonder what <laughs> flavor she picked out. See if there's any good ones in there. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for sending this in. If you have a funny parenting oops story, we would love to hear it and share it on our show. You can go to our website at newmommymedia.com. Click on the contact link to send us an email. You can also send us a voicemail straight through our website as well. Or reach out to us on Facebook Facebook or wherever we, you know, wherever you can find us online. We're everywhere.
2: Yes. That wraps up today's episode of Parent Savers. Thank you again so much for listening. Don't forget to check out our sister shows on the new mommy media network. There's preggy pals for expecting parents, the boob group for moms who breastfeed twin talks for parents of multiples and newbies for those going through it for the first time. Thanks again, everybody. This is Parent Savers empowering Empowering new new parents.
3: parents. This has been a new mommy media
0: production. and should not be used for diagnosing or treating healthcare care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider.
1: How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas.